The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Ferver. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of sweaty balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready to go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim her whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. Hi everybody, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad that you can join us for this week where we are going to be talking about canine fitness. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this with the wonderful Ali Lesnar, who is our curriculum manager at Everything BSA, is that she is a mind of information when it comes to canine fitness, but it 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 came about because obviously now more we can we can get out there now the weather is better and now uh, uh, the virus is uh, well we hope lifting in most places we don't know but um, anyway more people can get out so more people can get out with their dogs and the last couple of days I have seen a lot of people running with their dogs now it's getting hot here I live in the southern United States and it's getting really warm here. And two days ago, I saw this lovely lady. She was running with her rather overweight Labrador who looked a little distressed and who definitely didn't want to be running. And it was about three o'clock in the afternoon and around 84 degrees. Now, 84 degrees, when you live in a country that is actually quite humid, it feels a lot hotter. And then yesterday I saw a boxer, a guy running with a boxer, again around sort of three o'clock and four o'clock is always the hottest time. And this poor dog's tongue was hanging out and his, his tongue was, was really deep red and so were his gums and it was obviously overheating. Um, but, I mean, with, you know, with the best of intentions, these people were getting their dogs out. So it got me to thinking, Look, if you want to run with your dog, how do you do it safely? What's the best time to do it? Um, how, if, you decide, if you've never run with your dog before, how do you start? And if you decide you don't want to run with your dog, you just want to take your dog out for a walk, what are the, some of the ways that you can, make, you can advocate for your dog and you can make, it, make sure that your dog is having a good time? So that's why Ali comes into the picture, because she's so good with this. And because she runs a lot with her dog, Klaus. And so Ali, welcome to the podcast. And can you please tell us a little bit about what you do with canine fitness and and about running with your dog? Well, thanks for having me, Victoria. I'm excited to talk about canine fitness. You know, it's becoming more and more popular in the dog training industry, and it's now becoming more and more popular with pet parents and dog owners. So what I do is I actually went to the University of Tennessee and got a certification in canine fitness. So I'm a certified canine fitness trainer, which is a thing. So you think about your personal trainer that you go to the gym and they help you work out and they coach you along and help you lose weight and help you gain muscle. That's what I do with dogs. And you would think, oh my goodness, well, isn't that a silly thing to do with dogs? Why do dogs need to work out? And it started 
from rehabilitation. So dogs that maybe had surgery and they needed to come back from rehab, if you spent all that money repairing a ligament or something, wouldn't you want to help them build up the strength to protect it? And so it started with that, but now it's gotten really popular with dog sports to help dogs with agility, but also you think about how important fitness is for us as humans and how having muscles can help in, in the right areas can really help you support your skeleton and just be healthier and move more efficiently and feel better in your own skin. And so canine conditioning and canine fitness is now becoming very important as the dog industry grows. And so I help people exercise their dogs to prepare them for life, to prepare puppies, and also to come back from injury, rehab, and just to have fun. So I do run with my dog quite a bit. And we actually compete in a sport with of running called canicross. But I'm delighted to hear that more people are getting out. Don't you think that you know, with all of this social distancing, I feel like people, once the parks open, people have been getting out more, don't you think? Yes, they have. And, you know, when we were in quarantine, when we did have to, you know, when there was more sort of socialization, isolation as it were, and certain countries, for example, the UK, they could only go out once a day to exercise. Um, but here, especially, I saw a lot more people getting out with their dogs. And of course, during the day, when uh, it was obviously cooler then, but um, during the day when normally you wouldn't see a lot of people walking by here, but there were a lot. So yes, I think, I think people have more time to do more with their dogs, which is great. I've heard the, a funny joke that people said when we were on lockdown, we've all become dogs because when someone says, do you want to go for a ride in the car? We all get really excited. Or when someone says, do you want to leave the house? We're like, yeah, you know, ride in the car, ride in the car. So I think it's funny to think about that. We've kind of flipped the script and we've all become more like dogs that we just get excited to be outside in nature because we've been inside for so long. And so now we're able to get out with our dogs, we're able to be active. And I think people are even more motivated than normal, perhaps. This is my opinion, my observation. I, I've seen a lot more people on the trails where I run. Now tell me, let's say somebody's never ran with their dog before, but they want to start. What do they need to look out for? I would say the key, the first thing is to have a vet check. So you want to go to the veterinarian and you want to verify that your dog is ready to go. Just like with yourself, you want to go to the doctor and be sure that you're cleared for activity both inside and out, that you're just mentally and physically prepared to take on this new sport because running really is a sport. And, you know, even just getting out, we just want to be sure that we're looking after ourselves. So your vet is going to ask you several questions. And one of those is going to be your dog's age. We want to be sure that we're doing age-appropriate things. You know, we know as humans, if we saw a six-year-old in an Ironman, that probably wouldn't be age-appropriate. You know, running a marathon as a five-year-old is not only not really attainable, but also probably not very healthy for those growing bones, um, muscles, and body parts. So we want to think about that for dogs, that we want those the growing to be done. And that depends on the size of the dog and the breed of the dog of when they're really done growing. But there are other things that you can do puppies as well. Another thing to consider is the temperature. So you do want to think, I know you talked about heat and humidity, and that's really important. And there is a great rule of thumb that 
I've heard a lot before and I found it on the Pet Health Network from Dr. Justine Lee, because we will leave it up to the veterinarians to listen to them and see what's right for our dogs. And Dr. Lee suggests that you want to take the humidity and you want to take the temperature, you want to add those together. And if it's greater than 150, we probably don't want to run with our dogs. So for example, if you take like the average temperature where I live in Atlanta yesterday and you add that, it was like 80, I think it was like 83 or 84 or something. And you add that to like mid seventies or 73, which is the humidity. I think it was like 150, 160 something, which is over 150. So I think it was at 155. I can't quite remember what it was, but I calculated it before I ran um, without my dog. So I decided not to take Klaus because it was too hot for him at that time. So that's just a neat rule of thumb. Take your temperature, add it to your humidity and see if it's over or under 150. That's a really good piece of information. I had I had no idea. I mean, yeah, and is that the same for if you're walking the dog? Walking is a little bit different. So running is definitely more taxing and there are other factors to consider as well. In addition to humidity and heat, you'll also want to consider the dog's age. So puppies and older dogs are more vulnerable to changes in temperature as we're sure that kids are. You know, kids overheat and older adults are more sensitive to changing temperatures and changing weather conditions. Your dog's weight, if your dog is overweight, your dog will struggle more with the temperature changes. Also your dog's breed. If your dog can breathe more effectively, he's gonna have an easier time to cool himself down Whereas if he has a shorter nose, like our brachiocephalic breeds, it's going to be more difficult for him to cool his body. So I thought you had an interesting point, Victoria, that you said that the dog's gums were red and his tongue was red. And maybe some of our listeners are wondering why you were looking at his tongue and his gums. And so that's a really good way to see if your dog's overheating. If we see that tongue, we think it's funny, right? That tongue was sticking out, especially boxers have those really long tongues. And they're sticking out, it looks really funny. If the tongue is sticking out, I think they say spooning, like it's making almost a spoon shape. Yes, yes. We know that that is a sign of overheating and we'll want to stop. But I like that you brought up walking because walking is a great alternative behavior to running. I love that those people were out with their dog and they wanted to run with their dog because dogs want to run. They love to run. Many of them are bred to run. And they naturally walk faster than us. I know you talk about that a lot in your books, that dogs probably think it's pretty lame to walk with us and how slow. Yeah, that boring. That's the, the, the speed we walk is boring and slow. Oh, yeah. You can, I mean, anytime your dog pulls, you can just think about it as your dog trying to walk slightly faster than you. So running is a natural uh, kind of response to that of, oh, well, let me just run with him if he wants to. You know, and we can just tell by their behavior how happy they are when they're running. But we just, we're their caretakers and we wanna be sure that we're looking out for them and doing what's best for them. So looking at their age, looking at their, um, whether they're hydrated, looking at the temperature, these are all things that you can do to sort of prepare your dog to go for a run with you. Now, so, um, okay, things are hotting up, right? Um, let's say you're living in a warm country and um, let's say the average temperature could be mid 80s to 90s and here it gets way up into the, the high 90s and of course we're talking Fahrenheit here um, but what is the best time of day 
is it in the morning or is it in the evening but surely in the evening everything has had a lot of time to heat up so actually if it is later at night and it's been very hot doesn't it remain too much would it be best to do it in the morning it's really all about that heat and humidity score, but we're not just talking about heat of the air. We're also talking about heat of the surface. So the surface that you run your dog on is important as well uh, for multiple things. Number one, for temperature. We want to be sure that it's not too hot. So if you're running your dog on asphalt, asphalt tends to hold heat much more than, say, a soft, earthy trail would hold heat. So it's going to be much hotter. So we want to, we want to worry about your dog's paws and whether there's will have some paw pad injuries due to that excessive heat. So yeah, in the morning, it's going to be much cooler on those paws rather than later in the evening, but kind of avoiding any extremes that you want to look for that 150, that rule of thumb that we talked about of getting the heat and humidity less than that. And that can be either early in the morning or late in the evening. I like to take off my shoe and put my foot down. And if I can hold my foot for several seconds, probably like five to 15 seconds, then I know it's gonna be more comfortable for house. He does have thick skin on his pads and paws, but we wanna be sure that he is feeling comfortable as well. There's also an important note about surface for joints. It's not just about heat, but it's also we wanna take care of our dogs both on the inside and on the outside. So we wanna think about the impact. They don't have state-of-the-art shoes like we do to protect their joints. So we can build up some, uh, some stamina for our dogs, but we also want to be sure that we're taking care of their bones and muscles. So running on softer surfaces is going to be the way to go. Quick break here to get a word from this episode's sponsor, the Victoria Stowell Academy. With everything going on in the world these days, online and distance learning is becoming more and more common. Over the past few years, there's been a steady increase in the number of online courses that are available to help people learn everything from how to play the guitar to how to do high-level coding for websites. Brand name universities have been offering online courses for a few years, and people have gotten more and more used to the concept of learning via their phones or computers. But now the coronavirus situation has supercharged the idea of online learning and telecommuting. With most colleges and universities moving all of their classes online, employers encouraging people to work from home, and even many schools shifting their lessons for children to online platforms. The good news is that educators like the Victoria Stowell Academy that have been offering online courses for a while have been working hard to develop super engaging and powerful online learning protocols that help learners get the most out of their distance learning. While there are still some schools that simply put their older content online as slides, a PDF, or a repurposed static audio lecture and leave it to their students to try their best, now there are better options. The Victoria Stowell Academy is a leader, not just in providing the best dog training educational content, but also in the unique and powerful ways that that content is delivered to the learner. Whether you're a dog owner looking for free courses to help build your dog's confidence, a self-described dog geek itching to get the latest information about dog behavior, or someone aspiring to change your career path to work with dogs for a living, the Victoria Stillwell Academy has a powerful suite of learner-centered, performance-based online courses available for you to start today. All Victoria Stillwell Academy courses are designed by Victoria and VSA's team of psychologists, instructional designers, and specialty experts to ensure a truly dynamic, engaging, and effective learning process. No more plodding through tired old text-based lessons or trying to figure out the point of games that don't address the true root cause of dog behavior. 
And the best news? You can enroll in one of the Victoria Stowell Academy's free starter courses right now for no charge. Just go to vsdogtrainingacademy.com and click on the Enroll button to get started. If you're ready to take your dog training knowledge to the next level, you can enroll in the fully refundable Fundamentals of Dog Training and Behavior course today and get $100 off by using promo code PODCAST at checkout. Go to vsdogtrainingacademy.com and choose the Fundamentals course from the top menu. And finally, if you're looking for a school that will give you the skills, knowledge, and confidence you need to become a professional dog trainer, the Academy's Dog Trainer course is the premier option in dog trainer education. You can talk to an enrollment coordinator today or apply for enrollment right away in our online-only course with the option to upgrade to the in-person track when the time is right in the future. Visit vsdogtrainingacademy.com now to enroll in one of the Victoria Stillwell Academy's dynamic online courses and get started learning right away while staying at home and learning at your own pace. Learn online now with the Victoria Stillwell Academy, the future of dog training. So could you tell me a little bit about Canicross? I mean, we are going to get another expert on here at uh, in the future, which I'm very excited about. But um, can you tell me a little bit about the sport of Canicross? What is it? Yeah, so I absolutely love Canicross. Canicross is essentially just cross-country running with your dog. That's simply put. So you could just have harness and a leash and you could run with your dog. But Canicross, the sport, is a little bit more involved in that the dog runs out in front of you and actively pulls in a specific canicross harness. So this means that you have a belt around your your uh, hips and the dog is aiding you and assisting you in running forward. So you're running a little bit faster than you normally would because the dog is assisting you as you power through. In fact, a um, a gentleman in the UK set a world record for running the fastest 5K in the world, like over anyone else in the world, over any Olympian or anything. And this is not an Olymp- Olympic runner. He's just a regular Joe, although he is pretty competitive. But he and his dog set the world record for 5K in 12.24. Wow. Pretty Woo. crazy. He was moving. So it's something that has become more and more competitive in Europe and across the world. And now it's starting to come over in the U.S. as well. But not everybody has to be as competitive as Ben and his pup that set the record. So you can just grab a harness that allows your dog to move freely. So we don't want to use a no-pull harness in this situation because we do want our dogs to pull. That's why I like Kenny Cross because it's the dog and the um, handler working as a team to navigate the course because what you may be thinking is well Allie my dog is pulling out in front of me you know how does he know which way to go so we teach the dogs right and left or g and ha which is what we call them because right and left is a little too close for dogs and speed up and then of course my all-time favorite is slow down and so when I have to tell Klaus multiple times (laughs) so um okay I really I, I love, I mean, I, lo- I love the sport of canny cross. And in fact, gosh, when we were filming It's Meal the Dog, ooh, 15 years ago, we filmed one of the episodes with two Alaskan Malamutes. Um, and it was cold when we were filming, so it was fine to run them. But we introduced the sport of canny cross, which was in its infancy then, to... The, these dogs owners and I don't know whether they were too happy but the dogs were really happy 
And so I, I always really liked the sport since then. I have two little dogs, can't really do it with them. Not with my Bella, who's now uh, nearly 13, and the Shih Tzu, and then my, my dog, Jasmine, who is an elderly Chihuahua. So I don't know if that would be great for, those, for, for my dogs, but I really, I love that there are ways and activities that you can bond with your dog by doing this, by doing exercise, because it is, it's part of the, you're doing something as a team together, isn't it? You're building a relationship. Yeah, I love that you said it's a bond because I, as a dog trainer, it's, it's near and dear to my heart because literally there is almost an umbilical cord from Klaus to me when we're running cane across. And it sounds a little cheesy, but it's true that there is a literal bond between us, but it's the figurative bond that really drives us in Canyon Cross and you have to be a team. You have to work as a team, especially when if there's a tree in the middle of the trail and you have to negotiate that tree, you know, if he goes right and you go left, <laughs> we're going to have some issues, but it doesn't have to be that complicated either. Yes, it's a growing sport and yes, there are world championships and you can go up to different levels. If you are a competitive runner, you're going to love Caney Cross because it can take you to the next level of your running. As, as a runner myself, I've found that I enjoy running with my dog so much more than I do running without, especially in this uh, specific way. But it can also just be for anybody. There are little dogs that that do Caney Cross, mostly terriers. You know, kind of think of the little border terriers, hardy, hardy little guys that truly enjoy running. Corgis, you know, they're herding dogs. They enjoy some running. But it's, it can be as simple as getting the right, a well-fitting harness and getting out with your dog and just really bonding. But there's one more option. For those of you who are thinking, oh my gosh, Allie, this is way too much. There's no way I'm going to run with my dog. I'm going to fall on my face, which I will let you know, I have never fallen on my face. But there's also caney hiking. So you can do all of this and apply these same principles and get this bond with your dog at a walk. So you can get a harness that allows your dog to pull. I think it's fun because it allows dogs, like even dogs that are displaying some behaviors we may not want, it can help them get some autonomy in their life. That they're out in front, they get to choose where they want to go. And it's just you, your dog, and the trail. And so doing it at a walk, you can still build that bond and do it at your own pace. I love hiking. I'm a big hiker. And um, we've been doing a lot more hiking because being able to get out, we don't have to be around people. Being able to get out, we have beautiful mountains about an hour north of us. And so that has been uh, really wonderful to do. So I love hiking and I used to hike a lot with my Labrador and she had a, a, a great harness. And even though it wasn't a, a, a canny cross harness or um, it, it was, she definitely sometimes pulled me up those hills which I found very useful because right now when I'm out, you know, God rest her soul, she passed away over two years ago now. But uh, I, I mean, going up some of those hills is really, really hard and I'm having to do that by myself. But that, that would be more my jam, right? Mm -hmm. And I think now uh, for, because obviously we're focusing on the dog and building up their stamina. Um, obviously you have to focus on yourself as well and make sure that you're fit enough and you also have to build your 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 fitness up like you do with your dogs. I think don't go out for your six mile run, and, and when you've never done it before, and that's that's just not good. That's not smart. Um, and, and interestingly enough, where because my daughter is going to be doing a a thirteen day uh, 
hike into the wilderness with a small group of people in, um, in California, she is beginning to train with the backpack on her back. I am not going to send her out to do a 13-day wilderness hike with having no experience of backpacking. I mean, she's a hiker anyway. She's like a mountain goat anyway. But, I mean, when you've got a big pack on your back, you have to start training with that. So we started training. We're starting we're walking up some pretty intense hills and um, with a, 10 pounds on her back. Then we will increase it to 15 pounds to get it to the 20 pounds that she'll be having on her back. So it's it's just how it, it's, it's being smart, isn't it, about how, mm -hmm. how you build it up. It, can you just tell me about um, or, or, or tell our listeners some of the things you've got to look out for mm -hmm. that you, your dog is basically not having a good time? I w I'm so glad you brought that up because I was thinking you said when you saw this this larger Labrador, you said that the Labrador looked like he didn't want to be running. Oh, no, he did not. And so what, what made you think that? I mean, obviously you're a dog behavior expert, but what is it that others can look out for? She was kind of having to drag him, number one. Mm -hmm. He was not out in front, I can tell you that. He was mm -hmm. quite far behind her. And as long as that leash, and she was sort of having to haul him along. And the very fact that he just, he was lumbering because he was, he was overweight. I mean, he was mm -hmm. definitely an overweight Labrador. Again, that tongue was coming out. His brow was furrowed. So, uh, I, I, and his face was really tense. Um, so I could tell that he wasn't having a good time. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing is that you looked at his body language and you saw, you know, when his ears are, are back or his tail's down or he's panting excessively or worse, making funny, no, funny respiration noises that we're seeing that this is not, that, that he's not having a good time. And I think definitely if the dog is lagging behind, we do want to think about just like your daughter is building up that stamina and building up endurance and strength and speed. All of these things need to happen just like with people that if you want to do, if you want to run a 5k and you've never run before, you probably should start with a couch to 5k program, something that's going to start with walking and running so you can build up your fitness until you can get to the level where you can run a full 5k. So you want to think about your dog as your training partner, just like if they were another human, you probably wouldn't want to buddy up with some, you know, uh, what is it, Kipchoge or some marathon Olympian as your running partner, because he's going to run so much faster than you. So you're going to want to pair up with your pup. And maybe if you are a runner, you may have to bring it down a little bit to get your pup up to the speed. Or perhaps if you're not the greatest runner in the world and you have a Vishla or a German short-haired pointer or something that was really bred to run. Like in Europe now, they're breeding dogs specifically for Caney Cross. They're mi mixing Huskies, uh, German short-haired pointers, and Greyhounds together to make kind of the ultimate racing dog, which is really interesting. So you want to think about the type of dog that you have and what where they will excel. And it doesn't have to be Caney Cross. They don't have to be out in front. You can also teach your dog to run at your side. But the, the goal here is training, not only in what they physically need to do, but also what they mentally need to do. So like you said, with your daughter, it's also about mental stamina, I imagine, that she needs to know what it feels like to be on the trail for 13 days. And I, I, I'm sure that you're going to take her out for one night, you know, an overnight first yes. and then build up the number of nights to do that. So just like yes. with our dogs, they need to build up, you know, what do we do with our brains while we run six miles? 
dog may need a break. So sniffy breaks, water breaks in the hot sun. Um, sometimes I run next to a river so that my dog can dip in the creek or the river to cool down, refresh before we run again. So taking it in short, successful spurts where your dog is running successfully with you and having a good time and then taking a break and starting again or maybe just ending it there for the day is going to be the key to avoid pulling your dog like that uh, poor Labrador. Uh, other ways we can exercise with our dogs? Well, obviously walking, yeah, that's the obvious one. Um, we also, on It's Me the Dog, we filmed some cycling. And I think you have to be extremely careful with that. And your dog has to be incredibly fit. And you cannot go too fast. But there are some dogs that will cycle, that, that um, will run along next to your bicycle. You do that as well. Yep, so Klaus and I actually do a sport of bike drawing where he runs out in front. So now that people have done canyon crossing and all of this started from the mushroom world. They needed to uh, some sled, they needed to exercise sled dogs when they didn't have snow. And so they tie their teams up to ATVs, to bikes, to scooters, and then ultimately running. And they've made all these different, what we call drawing sports. And so Klaus and I also uh, do bike drawing as well, which is really fun, but it is intense. So the dog is out front running and needs to be able to listen. You know, things are coming by so much more quickly when you're biking. And so he's got to be able to respond to his cues quickly and accurately or else uh, I'm going to take a dump. So that one is uh, even a little bit more difficult. But thinking about all the different sports you can do, you can get involved in a sport, pick up dock diving or other dog sports that maybe you've heard of. Or it could be something as simple as staying at home. And, or going for a sniffy walk or doing some canine conditioning in the home. If you think about what we've all been, we've had to adapt in the home that if during the lockdown, if you couldn't go to the gym, I have seen some rather comical videos of people getting very creative with their home fitness and people doing squats, people doing a lot of body weight exercises. And we can do the same thing with our dogs. Just like how if you do, you know, 10 squats in a row, just sitting down once isn't difficult, but if you do it 10, 20, 30 times, that becomes very difficult. So doing change of body position with our dogs can be just as effective as it is with people. Well, Ali, um, we've come to the end of this podcast, but um, brilliant. I, I'm, I really wish, though they went past me too quickly, that I would be able to say something and say, look, you need to speak to Ali Lesnar. You need to speak to her, please. Um, but you know what, if you are going to go running with your dog, be, be, be smart about it and make sure that, you know, your dog has the stamina as much as make sure you have the stamina to do it and run at a time that is cool and comfortable. And if it is too hot, like Ali said, and that rule of thumb, if it's over 150, we're not saying 150 degrees Fahrenheit, we're saying the temperature plus the humidity, if it's over 150, then leave your dog at home and go running yourself if that's what you want. Ali, thank you so much. Um, I would love to explore canine fitness a little bit more so that we could, and maybe talk a little bit more about how people could get involved in Candy Cross. Is that something that we could do uh, in the future? We could get somebody on, I think a, a friend of yours, who is, is kind of the queen of the Candy Cross world. Absolutely. I think we need to go to the source. I think we may need to jump across the pond and, and go to the homeland, don't you think? I think so. I think let's go. And is it Scotland, isn't it? It is. It is Scotland. 
um, one day I want to go live in Scotland. It's going to happen. Yes. My husband's a huge whiskey lover and he's, he loves whiskey so much. He's actually done a course in whiskey and um, well, not a course, but he went on a whiskey holiday. So, and they learn a lot about whiskey distillation and all that kind of stuff. And so um, he's fallen in love with Scotland. I love Scotland. So I think we're going to be up in Scotland and then we'll get our husky cross mix, whatever we're going to get. And we're going to get out running because we, we, we sure both need it. <laughs> well, you can join me, join Klaus and I. I would love to take him over there and I'm sure other weather, well, albeit rainy, I'm sure is fantastic and kind of ideal with their temperatures and things. It is. It is. It's uh, it's an amazing place. And, you know, when we can all travel again, that's one of the first places I'm going to go. So, um, Ali, thank you so much for joining us. And, yes, please do come back again. And, um, yes, to everybody out there, thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope you found this informative. I certainly have. Um, we love that you listen to our podcast and if you have any ideas on future podcasts, if there are topics you want us to talk about, then please do email us. And uh, thank you so much and stay fit, stay healthy, and I will see you next week. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit Positively.com. Get connected on Facebook and YouTube as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at Victoria S. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively. Positively.